A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. By the time I'd finished middle school, my parents trusted me to be alone in the house by myself for long periods of time. We're talking days at a time. They did this so someone could care for our elderly dog who needed attention and supervision 24-7. With this, my parents would sometimes go out of state on a small vacation for the weekend, leaving me in the house by myself. Back to the present, it was a chilly fall evening. My parents had left early Friday morning and wouldn't be back until Sunday night. Everything had gone smoothly and I was having a good time finally getting the house to myself. Until Saturday. When my parents left I brought my gaming console out into the living room along with some pillows and a blanket. Figuring my dog slept in the living room, I'd sleep out there with her in case she needed me in the middle of the night. It was getting to be around dinner time. After I fed my dog, I texted my mom asking for a bit of money to order a pizza because I didn't feel like cooking that night. I ordered the pizza and sat on the couch playing a shooting game until the time had passed and I heard the doorbell ring. I got up and quickly threw on my jacket and went to look through the peephole. There stood the pizza guy, a medium-height middle-aged looking guy. He had dirty blonde hair and eye bags seeming like he hadn't slept in a year. I could smell the dirty stench of cigarettes through my door. He had his eyes fixed on the camera doorbell, with a worried look on his face. 
I unlocked the door and opened it the equivalent to my body width and greeted him with a smile. His eyes darted over to me. A small, creepy grin grew on his face. Oh, I wasn't expecting a young girl like you, he said. Gross, I thought. Confused on how to answer, I replied in a quiet giggle. I held up my hands to take my food. So, how old are you? The man asked, still grinning. Sorry, man, I don't answer questions like that. I said, even more creeped out than before. He huffed, seeming to get frustrated. I placed the pizza boxes down on the couch next to me and reached into my pocket to hand him the tip I had planned to give him. Are your parents home? He asked. Lying, I replied. Yeah, they're in the other room. I hoped he would believe me and just go, seeing as my parents took my mom's car on vacation, leaving my dad's car in the driveway. He scoffed and said, You know, I like that game too. Do you like shooters? Referring to my paused game screen on the TV behind me. I became increasingly annoyed, but I didn't want to be rude and just slammed the door in his face. Yeah, sure, look I'm sorry, but I have to go now, I said, trying everything I could to get this man to leave me the hell alone. The man scowled. He took the tip and crumpled it in his hand and started muttering profanities under his breath, but I only could make out one phrase before I shut the door. You're gonna regret this. I locked the door and anxiously watched carefully from the window to make sure he got back in his car. I didn't stop watching until he sped off around the corner. I let out a sigh of relief and did a quick sweep around the house and made sure all the windows and doors were locked. A couple of hours had passed until I decided I was going to lay down and watch TV for the night until I fell asleep. I made sure my dog was tended to and laid down. Before I noticed I had drifted off, completely forgetting the interaction I had earlier in the day. When I woke up, it was still dark outside. Two in the morning-ish. My dog was barking like crazy. And not a, I want to go outside bark. And alarmed, I see a stranger kind of bark. If you have a dog, you understand this, and you know what they're indicating to you. I propped myself up on my elbows and stretched for a second. Looked around for a bit and didn't see anything. I was about to lay back down until I noticed it in the corner of my eye. A face. In the window to my right, I saw the same man from earlier, grinning again. He waved at me, still smiling but looking more sinister by the second. I felt my blood run cold. Why is he here? How long had he been watching me sleep? I shot up, my fight or flight triggered instantly. I ran to my room and pulled the baseball bat out from underneath my bed and walked back to the living room where I had been sleeping, clutching it in hand. When I went back the man had moved from the window to the front door, knocking gently. Let's hang out and have some fun, I heard him say from outside. I'm gonna call the police if you don't get the hell away from my house, I yelled back. He banged on the door, violently aggressive this time. The hell you will you little brat, he screamed. The doorknob shook violently. My dog was going mad at this point, so I took her with me and locked myself into my room and dialed 911 on my phone. I was explaining what was happening when I heard a couple loud bangs. He was throwing himself at my front door to try to bust through it. I had texted my parents, and they had already packed and started driving back. But all of that left my mind when I heard the front door burst open and fall onto the ground of my living room. 
I whispered into my phone to the 911 operator that the man had broken into my house and the person on the other end of the line instructed me to stay quiet and sit tight at the police were minutes away. Before I could think of anything my phone died and I started panicking. I quietly went over and shut my bedroom lights off and hid in my closet with my dog, petting her as to make sure she wouldn't bark and reveal our hiding spot. I heard the man walking through my house, searching under tables, behind couches, and in hallway closets. He stopped walking for a moment. I could hear him directly outside my bedroom door. He shook the handle and huffed that same way before, indicating he was becoming frustrated. Uh, there was a couple bangs on the door before he was able to punch a hole through my door, but enough to fit his hand through to unlock it. I heard the lock. It gave a small click sound before the door creaked open. It was pitch black in my room. The man took a step in and stood there. Seconds felt like hours. I cupped my hand over my mouth to quiet my anxious breathing. I heard him rummaging through my belongings. He looked under the bed under my desk. Then the last last to hide. He had his hand on the closet door. I'm dead, I thought. I didn't know who he was or what he wanted, but I knew it wasn't going to be good. Before he had the chance to open the closet, my prayers were answered and I heard the sirens of police getting closer and closer. Damn it, the man whispered. He exited my bedroom and ran through my home. I heard the back door slide open and the crunching footsteps through the dead grass. The 911 operator must have told the police where I was, and I felt like I could finally breathe again when an officer opened the closet door and told me it was okay to come out. They led me outside with my dog in leash, and I sat on the edge of the set in the police car. I waited there as the police searched my house in case the man had still been there. The police said there were no signs anything was stolen. He wasn't there for valuables. He was looking for me. That fact will disturb me till the day I die. There were many signs that it had been a break-in so the case stayed open for a while, but eventually closed. The guy was never found and it wasn't known where he was. His identity was found, and this man had passed warrants for home invasions and failure to appear in court. The fact that he was never caught and is still out there somewhere shakes me to my core. But I know for sure I'm never ever opening the door for anybody ever again when I'm home alone. I was at the coffee house on my phone when I received a really creepy text. Hi Carly. It was from an unknown caller. I instantly looked up and scanned the lounge as I felt eyes on me. There was a little kid being carried by his mom, staring. Well, after a moment I realized his gaze wasn't on me, but at my half-finished iced coffee. This was an old coffee house, larger than most, which had been converted from a church. The stained glass windows let in fantastic light during the day and at night, the moonlight created a natural blue rim around the outside, which was beautiful. It was my favorite place to hang out and people watch. Sometimes I'd sit in the corner making up stories about what people did, about where they were going next, or where they had been. This text message needed a reply. Who is this? I know you have a boyfriend, but you are really cute. Well, he was right that I had a boyfriend, and I'm glad he thought I was cute but there was something instantly off about it, perhaps that he was texting in lower case. Who is this? He replied instantly. You don't know me. No shit, Sherlock, is what I wanted to respond. But I was more curious. How did you get my number? Because you're pretty, 
Again, another compliment, but he didn't answer my question. My creep radar was up, and you probably give good kisses. Creepy alert confirmed. It was nearly 9.15 at night, and this place was emptying out, so I felt a little uneasy. But I wanted to know how he knew my name and number. I want to kiss your lips. Jesus. Enough with coming on to me so hard. Didn't he realize he was creepy? I assumed he was a complete stranger, but just wanted to make sure. Have we met? If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. John 5.31 Hmm. Maybe he's trying to be creepy, or perhaps he thinks I'll share his love of the Bible. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. John 14.27 I thought of something funny and cute to write back, but then thought it might offend him. But a few moments later, I sent it, wanting to see how he'd react. Well, John, I've seen people like you before, but I had to pay admission. Carly, 9.15 p.m. You're uber cute, and I want you for myself. Nice. So how did you get my number? I'm at the same coffee house as you. I was looking over your shoulder. Wait. This guy had been watching me text Frank, my boyfriend. It made sense. That's how he got my number and knew my name. Who the actual FK does something like that? I ordered you a coffee. I hope I got it right. They should be calling the lovely Carly any minute. I wasn't staying around to receive it. As I walked to my car, I texted back. The lovely Carly thanks you but isn't interested. You can keep it. You just got up and left? Eh, hey, yeah. Did he really think now I'd drink his coffee and wait for a physical introduction? It also went through my head that maybe he was the barista, and that upcoming coffee was spiked with something bad. I had no idea who he was, but as I got to my car, I subtly checked to see if anyone was coming out. Do you know how I like my coffee? Just like my women, ground up, tightly wrapped in a bag, chilling in my freezer. Frank had told me a fun thing to send people once. This was a perfect time. From 9 to 30, the recipient you are sending to has chosen not to receive messages. MSG 2108 Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among me. Peter 13. He hadn't followed me from the store, but I still had this gut feeling I was being watched. It was then I noticed this car on the other side of the parking lot, which sat in the darkness with its lights off. I could tell someone was in there, and all my intuition told me it was him. As I pulled away, I received another Bible text. I might fill them with horror so they would know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 20.25 I put the phone on my dashboard and switched it to speech-to-text so that I could speak to Frank. My eyes were pinned to that car, and right as I was about to turn out of the parking lot, its lights turned on. He was following me, keeping at a distance. He made every turn I made. Frank offered to leave work early and meet me at home, but I decided it wasn't necessary. I could look after myself. As I watched him behind me, he kept his distance. Just the way he drove, I could tell he'd done this before. When I got to my apartment complex, I parked quickly, noticing him pull into a guest spot. As I walked to my front door, I pulled out my keys. I noticed him got out of his car. I'd been taught how to use a key as a weapon, so I was prepared. But nervously, I still fumbled with the keys and dropped them. As I reached down, I caught him in the distance coming towards me. Quickly, I picked them up, got in, and locked the door. I live in a townhouse, which is three floors. 
When you go in, stairs lead directly up to my main space. I beelined up the stairs, immediately turning on the lights. But then I thought, with the lights on, from outside he could see me. So I turned them off. I ducked, then crawled over to the kitchen window and saw him in the park. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. He was staring up. It was like he was staring directly at me but I figured it was too dark for him to see me, and he was scoping out my building to see if I lived alone. I sat there in the dark for a good ten minutes. The man outside walked towards my apartment but disappeared out of view. My heart raced with anticipation as my eyes locked upon the second-floor balcony. Suddenly a hand clasped onto the railing outside. The creepy man was climbing up. I went to a kitchen drawer and grabbed the sharpest knife I had, then sat there, watching him on the balcony. He pressed his forehead against the glass, looking in. I sat there, hoping the darkness would hide me. Both the window and sliding doors were locked. He had no way in without alerting me. I quickly ran up the stairs to my bedroom and texted Frank that the man was on our second-floor balcony. Frank texted back right away. You left a window open so he could get in, right? It costs a lot to replace broken glass. Oh my God, I didn't. I raced back downstairs and crept to the sliding doors. Silently I lifted the latch, then rushed back up. I filmed the whole thing on my cell to send to Frank, which he always appreciated. I put on my mask, which I wear for all my kills, and turned up the music loud. I put the shower on, hoping it would inspire the man to enter. As I waited in the bedroom, I was so excited. At the same time, I feared he wouldn't commit. I wondered if I'd have to go back downstairs to look. That would actually be scary, as he could jump out at me any time. As I stood on the bed, my eyes pinned on the door, the handle turned. I was so excited and readied the knife. As he entered, I leaped forward and got him right in the neck. I forget the song that was playing, but shifted the blade around to the beats and the music. That was so much fun. The downside of the whole thing was that this FKR had a lot of blood, which got on the carpet. I keep meaning to lay something down to quicken the cleanup time, 
but like the idiot I am, I keep forgetting. I also forget if he begged for help. There have been so many of them, they somewhat blend in with one another. It's incredible how many creeps come out of the cracks when you're fishing for them. The next night I was back at the coffee house. I dressed as sexy as I could, hoping to lure another one's attention. Frank texted me to be careful. You don't want to get a caffeine addiction, wow. When I was younger I used to live in this super old, shitty house in the middle of the woods. There was a small clearing with an average sized yard and the rest was thick woods. One night I was walking up to our gate to go inside and I seen a very tall figure looking in my bedroom window. My light was on, which was weird since I hadn't been in there or turned it on so I could see the figure with its face and hands pressed up against my window. Whatever or whoever it was must have heard me because they looked in my direction before booking it to the back of the yard and presumably into the woods since there was nowhere else to go and the backyard area wasn't fenced in. I never slept in that room again. A while ago, on a quiet night at home, I found myself engrossed in a lively phone call with friends. The atmosphere was relaxed, and the conversation flowed effortlessly until an unexpected interruption shook the tranquility of the night. Out of nowhere, my usually calm and slumbering dog erupted into a frenzy of barks. Bewildered by this sudden outburst, I excused myself from the call and decided to investigate the unusual disturbance. Cautiously making my way downstairs, I could still hear the persistent barking echoing through the house. As I approached the source of the commotion, I discovered my dog fixated on the hall closet, his fur bristling with a mixture of fear and curiosity. Sensing an unease, I felt compelled to investigate further. Instinctively, I retrieved the baseball bat I kept in my room for moments just like this, those rare instances when an unexpected visitor or an unexplained noise might warrant a bit of extra caution. Gripping the bat tightly, I steeled myself for whatever might await me inside the closet. Upon swinging the door open, the initial glance revealed nothing out of the ordinary. The dim light struggled to penetrate the closet's depths, casting elongated shadows on the walls. My dog's barking continued, now more intense, as if urging me to delve deeper into the mystery. Taking a hesitant step forward, I cast my eyes downward and noticed a glint of something familiar at the closet's floor. There, nestled among forgotten shoes and discarded items, lay a delicate necklace, the very same necklace my mother had lost when I was a mere nine years old. My heart skipped a beat as I gingerly picked up the precious item. The pendant sparkled with memories, and the chain felt cool against my skin. Stunned and perplexed, I raced back upstairs, my faithful dog trailing behind me. Resuming the phone call with my friends, I interrupted their conversation with an incredulous retelling of the strange discovery. The necklace, lost for years, had resurfaced in the most unexpected way. The following morning, still baffled by the inexplicable events of the night, I shared the discovery with my mom over breakfast. Her eyes widened in disbelief as I presented the long-lost necklace. She recounted the memories attached to it and confirmed that she hadn't seen it since that fateful day years ago. To this day, the mystery remains unsolved. How did my dog sense the presence of the necklace in the depths of the closet? And why did it reappear after all these years? The odd occurrence has become a tale shared among friends and family, a reminder that sometimes the mysteries of life find their way back to us in the most unexpected fashion.
I didn't have many friends, and I wasn't very social when I was growing up. I preferred being alone and doing things on my own. One thing I liked doing was going for long walks in dark parks or forests at night. It was a bit unusual, I know, but it made me feel better, and I enjoyed it. I always took my phone with me for safety. At that time, I was around 18 years old, and I was a man. I was probably about 6 feet 1 inch tall back then, but I grew a bit more between the ages of 20 and 23, and now I'm around 6 feet 3 inches tall. There's one story from those walks that still frightens me today. In fact, after that incident, I stopped going for walks in the darkened forests and parks. So, one evening, I decided to go out and get some more therapy by just walking in the dark park. It does require some bravery, especially if you're scared of that sort of thing, but once you overcome the fear, it's really relaxing. I always made sure to have my phone with me, which had a flashlight app in case of emergencies or if I needed some light. However, I never really encountered anyone during my walks. I usually went between 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. By that time, most dog walkers had finished their walks, especially during cold and wet winter nights. Occasionally, I would come across someone, maybe once a week, but they always had a light with them, so I could see where they were, and I would simply avoid them. There were a few times when some people noticed me during my walks, and I might have startled them because they would shine their bright flashlights towards me. They probably just saw a guy walking around in the dark without a light or a dog. Oh well, that's how it goes. Now let me tell you about this particular story that happened one night. It was winter, and I decided to go for a walk on a very foggy evening. It was incredibly cold and crisp, one of those dry and chilly nights. The fog was so thick that I could barely see more than 5 or 10 meters ahead of me. It was pretty bad, and I had never experienced such fog during my evening walks before. But it didn't make me more scared than usual, so it wasn't a problem for me. I got maybe 10 minutes into the walk, and I came through a forest path and out into an opening of a big field. The field is connected to our local school and basically has football pitches drawn around it and athletics tracks drawn in white paint. Obviously, it's not the professional synthetic tracks that you see at the Olympics on TV. It was just a grass track and a grass football pitch. But I stood there, and I didn't feel right. Now, I don't really believe in superstitious things or paranormal activity, but I was just stood there with no light on. I decided to stop walking all of a sudden and just stand still. Now, bear in mind, here I am stood in a field. The opening must have been around two miles long and two miles wide. There's nothing but a massive clearing, and I can really just see nothing until maybe past 10 meters. Out of nowhere, I start seeing something move through the fog. I didn't know if I was just seeing things because sometimes when it's super dark, your eyes play games on you. They start to make you feel like you are hallucinating, and if you look hard enough into darkness, you'll start seeing all these lights and things. I don't know if it's just me, but it was something I used to experience as normal. It's like when you try to listen to complete silence. You still hear a ringing in your ears or some kind of sound. I call it white noise. Well, in this case, I like to call it white vision. So, I ignored it, thinking it was just white vision. But then these shadows started coming closer. They must have been about 30 meters away. Remember, I could barely see anything beyond 10 meters because the fog was so strong and thick that night. So, there I am, standing there with my hoodie on and my hands in my pockets to keep warm. 
at the time, I think I had a pair of night gloves on as well. But they weren't of much use as my fingers were starting to go numb. I really was getting super spooked to this point, thinking, was this just white vision, or was I actually experiencing something? Was there someone out there also without a light? So, in all the years I've been doing this walk at night, or by myself without a light, I have never encountered anyone without a torch. The torch acted as a warning, so I knew where people were. You can see them for miles when they shine lights. It's a pretty cool fact I learned on a special forces day, whereas basically at one of the open fairs, they used to say that they turn all the lights off. Otherwise, the enemies would be able to locate them based on where their light is. So, I'm still there, and I'm sure that now I can see someone walking directly towards me. I couldn't make out if it was two or three people, but it looked like multiple shadows. Now I'm in the middle of nowhere, and the closest road to me is around a mile away that I had just walked onto through to get into the forest. I had my phone with me, but I didn't have any weapons or a way to defend myself if I came across someone dangerous, someone worse than me. As they got closer, about 40 to 30 meters away, I realized there was another person walking alone in that open area covered by fog without a flashlight. It hit me, but I realized that if I stayed still and tried to talk to them, it might scare them just like they scared me. Maybe they didn't even notice that I was there standing right in front of them, 30 meters away. So I quickly made the decision to turn around and go in the opposite direction. So I start pace walking as quietly as I can on the grass. I didn't make much noise at all, but I knew for certain this was somebody now walking behind me. They got close enough though that I could see an outline of what somebody looked like to be six feet, maybe even taller than me, wearing black clothing with short hair. I don't know if they could make out where I was or if they even saw me, but I'm guessing as I turned around and pivoted my hips to start pace walking back, they realized that I was there. I've never walked so fast in my life, and I remember literally breaking out to a run once I thought that they could no longer see me. I ran home after that night, getting super spooked. After all the months and eventually years of walking alone, doing the therapy in the dark in that park, I actually realized that I just bumped into someone just like me. It was either that or they actually were a psycho or a criminal looking to try and abduct me. Probably when my dog died and he visited me in a dream two weeks later to let me know he loves me and he's at peace. I know people will say it's just a dream, but unless you experienced it, I can't even explain it to you. It was just as vivid as my waking life, to the point that I remember seeing his individual whiskers, and I still remember it beginning to end five years later. I'm addition as soon as he laid on my lap, there was this insane feeling of euphoria and peace that just vibrated through my whole body. I used to be a heroin addict, and I've never even felt euphoria like that while on heroin was almost a decade sober at the time it happened FYI. He was with me then, and no one will ever be able to tell me otherwise. I just hope other people get to experience the same thing sometime when they lose a loved one. I'm atheist, but that dream was so crazy that it convinced me without a doubt there is some sort of afterlife and I'll see him again.